Hey everyone, welcome back to Beauty School Bobby. Today we are here at the Redken Exchange in New York City and we are so excited to be partnering with L'Oreal Access and LEAD. I hope you enjoyed this episode and if you do, leave a like. Well, Peter, thank you so much for being here today. I'm really, really excited to talk to you. So um, we were just talking a little bit about kind of a new program that you've started um, and what you're doing right now. So tell me a little bit about what you're teaching and what you're, what you're doing at this moment. Yeah, so the program is called the Freedom Project. And really the, the emphasis behind it for me was, uh, you know, during the shutdown and COVID, I had a lot of free time on my hands and I really wanted to sort of think back and ask myself the question, you know, what, what are the key principles or what, what has been the key strategy for me for all these years that has, you know, led to the success of our salons and our individuals? And uh, so I came up with this uh, project called the Freedom Project. It was really about teaching people how to get free of the limiting beliefs they have in their, in their head that hold them back. And then how to apply that energy and that enthusiasm to growing their income and ultimately to building wealth. Because I think, you know, we all want to start well in life, but I think it's important that we finish well as well. And I know throughout my career in the industry, that hasn't always been true for a lot of salon owners or a lot of salon professionals. And so that's a real passion of mine is coaching and mentoring young people and really helping them to to see their potential, but more importantly, to develop the habits that will allow them to actually realize on that potential. Yeah, the sooner the better, right? Is what we've been told to start planning. I think that um, we get so excited when we're young to be like, okay, we're making money now. We finally have it. But thinking so far down the road, what we know is that that farther down the road comes very quickly. Um, And so having that plan from the beginning makes it easier so you're not 40 years old saying, what do I do now? What am I supposed to do? I think that um, starting your career off with a plan, you know, when you get that first job in the industry and you're like, okay, I'm budgeting and maybe I'm paying off student loan stuff. I mean, that's all a part of what you will factor into this. There is still a little bit that can go a long way um, in the long run. So I think it's really awesome to start this soon. Um, so where can people find this? Where can um, people be connected? With yeah. The so project? if they go onto our website, summitsalon.com, and they just look under trainings or programs, mm-hmm. they will see the, the banner for the Freedom Project and uh, it will list all of the events that we're at. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So well, we're, I know we're going to be in Charlotte in the back half of the year as well as in Tampa, Florida. And then the schedule for 2023 isn't, isn't quite out yet. Right? Okay. Well, yeah. awesome. We'll definitely check that out. But now I want to <laughs> kind of talk about you a little bit in your career in the industry. So um, what was your first initial exposure to the beauty industry? What was the first moment that you came in and you're like, okay, I'm a part of this now? Yeah. So uh, when I was in college, in graduate school, actually, I was a partner in a student consulting firm when I was like 22 years old. And I did um, I did some work for the local Redken distributor in our market. And uh, so he introduced me to a barber who had started to open up back in those days. This was in the early 80s, um, men's men's and women's unisex hair salons. Okay. But he was struggling on the operational side of it. So when I came out of college, um, I accepted a position with him uh, to help him grow his business. And then, um, so then I started opening my own salons and seven years later, I bought that company from him. And, um, so seven years, you were like 29 when you first yeah, purchased I was, that company. Wow. So I was 30, 29 at that point, And then 36 years old when I bought the, the rest of the business. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's young. That's a young star. Yeah, I was, I was very young. Yeah. What was it like coming into the industry? Do you remember being like, these are my people? These are like, what was it yeah. like at that time for you? I, 
I'm a very analytical thinker okay. and my background is in finance. So it was a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, I was, gonna, I was like, like normal person coming into the industry. I was like, everybody told me one plus one always equals two. But yeah. I realized that that's when you put emotion and passion into it, it's not always the case. So um, what I did that really connected me with people is I thought, you know, how can I make a difference in this industry? And actually, the moment happened for me in Anaheim, California in 1985. And I remember it like yesterday. I was at a, a conference there and Zig Ziglar was the keynote speaker. Wow. And he kept saying, you can have anything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want. And he mm -hmm. said it over and over and over again. And all of a sudden there was a moment, I can still see him on that stage where I went, oh my gosh, this is, this is, will be for me, the passion project is I'm not going to teach people how to cut hair or color hair because I don't know how to do it. But what I can do is teach young people habits that will ultimately lead them to more success. And so that became my passion is just corralling the young people in our company, sitting down with them and saying, where are you? Where is it you want to go? And then how can I help you to get there? And so we really built a culture in our company, um, which is primarily focused on growing people mm -hmm. and cutting and coloring hair is really just the metaphor. And, uh, you know, so that's always been a passion of mine and, um, why I love this industry and the people in it and, yeah. Why I'm sitting here today, really. Yeah. I mean, it's taken you everywhere. You obviously had a lot of success in the industry doing that. So it is exactly what he said. The success came from helping others, which I think is awesome. You can say that that worked and you did it. Um, what kind of walk through what your career path has been? I know you've done different things with the company, um, but what I know that meeting with people and growing and growing salons, um, specifically kind of what did that, what has this path looked like and what different roles have have you had um, throughout your career? Yeah. So uh, up until probably the early 80s, my primary focus was on growing the business back home. Um, mm -hmm. And then I made a strategic decision in 1994 or 95. We stopped opening salons um, because geographically it was it was going to be challenging for us mm -hmm. to do that. And we basically took the the concept or the intellectual capital and packaged it up and started going on the road and turning around other companies. And mm -hmm. so we started in the distribution business in Toronto and helped a client out there. And then eventually I ended up in the United States working with the chain of salons on the East Coast, which is how I get introduced to um, L'Oreal or Redken in New York. And so from there, you know, I've, I've worked through L'Oreal um, with probably every major chain in the industry from JCPenney's to Ulta to you name it. But my love has always been for the independent salon owner. Mm -hmm. So back in 2006, when uh, Michael Cole and Randy uh, started the summit, mm -hmm. they approached me about becoming involved in that. So um, I became involved as a, as a speaker and a trainer in 2006. And then in 2009, I became president of that company. And so that has been, you know, a love of mine uh, for the last, I guess it's been close to 14 years now, is really, um, you know, putting together a format where we can go out and, and really make a difference for salon professionals and salon owners in terms of their career and, and their success. And so um, that's kind of where my life has been for the last 14 years is, you know, working with Summit 
and then also still involved with our uh, business at home. Yeah. So one of the things that um, is happening in the industry right now is we have a lot of young stylists coming out of beauty school and really wanting to kind of make their own way and kind of jump in. Um, I think a lot of people are jumping in without having somebody, um, some, something like Summit in place or somebody like you to kind of help guide them. I think they're jumping in um, to waters that I don't know that they're as prepared for. Do you kind of see that being the case right now? Um, a little different than maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, are there so as many people looking for this information or is it more, I did it, I did it maybe not the right way and now I'm looking. Is it coming more after a little bit of experience in the industry? Yeah, we're seeing a lot of different trends out there. Um, I think for sure, you know, probably 75% of, the, of our labor force will be millennials by 2025. I have four of them at home. So, um, and they're, they're, they're very entrepreneurial. They're the smartest people on the planet, um, and I love their energy and their enthusiasm. But sometimes it's like, you know, ready, jump, aim. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think that that's very prevalent. And then, and then I think there's, you know, on the back end, a lot of them struggle because they have the passion for it. Um, they don't necessarily have a plan. Mm -hmm. You know, I have this little, I don't know if you can see it, this little rubber bracelet on. It says, uh, passion plus purpose equals prosperity. So... I, I think there's no question that um, to me, passion is about loving what you do and mm -hmm. you have to love what you do. You're never going to work hard enough at it to be great at it. Mm -hmm. But I think most service providers have passion in spades, mm -hmm. but they're not always on purpose. Um, they're not always aware of the cause and effect relationships that really drive success in this industry. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes they learn it the hard way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's really what our passion is at Summit is how can we shorten the learning curve for them? How can mm -hmm. we set them up from day one and mm -hmm. put them in a position where they're going to be more successful? Yeah. What's that look like coming out of beauty school? Like, do you, I know, I know everybody has a different path and there's not just like one way, but if you were to, if you're one of your kids were to go into beauty school right now, what would you recommend for them as their first year in the career, second year in the career? Um, what's that look like for you? I know this is kind of on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, 100%. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of what I call modeling. Okay. So I, I know throughout my life, whenever I wanted to learn something, um, you know, there's two ways to do it. You can, you can stumble around, you can go to classes, you can read, or you can go find somebody, a person who's already achieving what you want to achieve yes. and get them to mentor you. Mm -hmm. And if they can't do it in person, they can do it through their seminars or their books or whatever. So for a young service provider, what I would say is find a really successful stylist that you believe in and, mm -hmm. and then try and become an, an apprentice or an associate, get connected to that person, invest some extra time when you get out of school. And what you're, what you're there to learn is yes, the technical side of it, but more so how does that person communicate with clients? Why is it that they're retaining clients so easily? Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, we're in a relationship business. Mm -hmm. And you know, what I say to young people is <clears throat> look, I, there's only two metrics that make up your success. One is how many guests sit in your chair mm -hmm. and the other is how much money they spend. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality of our business. And so there are people out there who do a lot of guests, don't charge a lot. They work really hard. Mm -hmm. There are some people out there who don't do as many guests and can charge a lot and they're working really smart. Mm -hmm. So you have to decide what side of that equation you want to be on because there's a different skill set. And then you need to go on and pursue that and find mentors and people who can teach you it. So yeah. if you can get into a salon that has the, that kind of culture, 
mm-hmm. where they are mentoring young service providers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the very, very best thing that you can do. Yeah. And then at some point in the future, if you really want to do your own thing, you're going to be much better prepared to be successful at it. We're going to take a quick break from the podcast to hear a word from our sponsors. Today's sponsor for this episode is Lead. Lead is the first degree designed with beauty professionals in mind. To create future professionals and leaders for this fast-growing industry, Rolfs has partnered with L'Oreal, Arizona State University, and Mesa Community College and is proud to launch the first ever college and university degree designed specifically with beauty professionals. It's time to acknowledge the level of impact beauty professionals have in our lives. Every year, an individual consults with a beauty professional over 48% more than a physician. This is why advancing the accredited education of beauty professionals is our mission. LEAD is shaping the future of beauty by developing the minds and expanding the intellect of beauty professionals who maintain and restore our self-expression and well-being. For more information, visit leadinstitute.degree today. The folks at Access, L'Oreal's online destination for professional education, are ready to kick off the holidays. Because they love cosmetology students so much, they're launching a holiday promotion just for you. It's called Haul for the Holidays, and trust me, it's a haul like no other. And what's even better is that it couldn't be easier to participate. So here's how it works. Starting on November 1st, you will log into L'Oreal Access complete the Hall for the Holidays learning plan, which has been curated just for students so they can learn about different L'Oreal professional hair care and color brands. And then you'll hop over to L'Oreal's Level Loyalty Reward site and enter to win the Ultimate Stylist Starter Kit. 100 students will win the Holiday Hall containing prizes like a mannequin head, a carbon comb, tint brushes, mixing bowls, super cute capes and aprons, towels, a ton of full-size L'Oreal products, and so much more. Then 10 lucky winners will get all of that plus enough level points to redeem for a nice set of shears or a Dyson hairdryer. Typically, you have to earn points on level by buying L'Oreal products, but with Haul for the Holidays promotion, you have the chance to get them for free. How insane is that? Students will have just until before the end of November to complete it. So make sure you're signed up for both L'Oreal Access and L'Oreal Level Loyalty Rewards program. More info is on its way, but go ahead and get excited. This is about to be a happy holiday indeed. Now let's get back to the episode. When you say kind of going on to do your own thing, I think what that looks like for a lot of young stylists is that looks like making my own schedule, wearing what I want to wear, coming in. And that's the thing that in the beauty school that I, that we're, we're navigating right now, you know, we're trying, we're trying to figure that out. I think, um, everything that you're saying, I, I think to be true. And I think it's absolutely right. And I think that there's a lot of people that will find people on the internet 
and they'll be like, okay, I want to be like this person, but maybe they can't go work with them directly. I think the most important thing is working with them directly. I think, like you said, finding a mentor and being there through the, this is how I set up. This is how late I'm here. You've got to see the real picture. It can't just be what's on social media because what's on social media, as we all know, is the pretty, the happy, the fun, but what you don't always see is the hard work that's going behind it. So I really like that sentiment of like going into hands-on be with somebody. Um, What advice do you have for somebody that maybe is in that position right now and they are feeling a little stuck maybe they feel like they've been there a little too long um is it to kind of find motivation to to keep going at what point is it like okay i need to break out i've, I've been following somebody i've been working under somebody for a time an amount of time that i feel like is enough um what how do you think somebody can kind of get through those moments i think that's a feeling that a lot of people have yeah. So I, you know, I think we all have those feelings at different stages in our life. And I, I really see it, you know, you, you need to do some self-reflection and say, okay, um, how's the story going to end? Like, in other words, this is where I am, but where is it I want to be in the future? Mm-hmm. And then if the path you're on is not going to get you to that place, mm-hmm. then you need to make a decision and choose another path. But I think to choose another path for the sake of choosing another path, yeah. um, it could be possible that the path you're about to choose is actually going to take you further away from where you want to be than you think it is. Right. right. So I'm a big advocate of, of, you know, trying to put your mind in the future and saying, what do I want my career, my life to look like? Mm-hmm. And then am I on the path that's going to get me there? Mm-hmm. And if not, then maybe you have to make a different decision. But I think it's very clear, to, it, very important to understand what the outcome is you're looking for. Because mm-hmm. it's that old adage of be careful what you wish for. So yes, you know, for example, I'm, I'm working in a salon, I'm, I'm working with somebody. Um, maybe it's time for a change. Well, but maybe that change could be an opportunity to become part of the ownership or leadership team in that salon mm-hmm. versus going out on my own. Mm-hmm. Which of those two is going to be better for me in the long run? I think that requires some thought and reflection because there are pros and cons to both. So, you know, when I go out on my own, yes, I have the independence, but I also have the responsibility. And at the end of the day, there is no passive income stream there. Mm-hmm. So if I'm not working, I'm not earning. Right. If I become part of a leadership team in my salon and eventually someday could go on to be an owner or a shareholder, there is a potential passive income stream there that in the long run makes my life easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are pros and cons to both. And yeah. I, I think young people, sometimes they, they don't spend enough time thinking about not just the present, but what is going to be in their best interest in the long term. Right? Yeah. Are you having these conversations with salon owners about changing mindset of bringing people on in leadership and ownership? Is that something that you're seeing salon owners across the country kind of be more open to, or are they coming to you? Like, I can't figure it out. Why is everyone leaving? And you're like, here's what like, it's time for you to start thinking different. So here's, what's interesting is <clears throat> I started selling equity to service providers in my company in 1989. So I have been on this model for literally my entire Wait, career. so how did you, like, what made you do that? Like, what was it? Was it that? Like, I want to keep them, so I'm going to give... It was understanding very simply. I, I believe one of my core values is servant leadership. I believe I'm the least important person in my company. Mm-hmm. They're the most important because they actually produce the revenue. And so whenever I found somebody um, in my company that I believe, you know, had the heart and the mind to be part of a leadership team, I've invited them to become owners at some level. Um, 
them because number one, I knew if they're truly leaders, at some point they're going to leave. And I would rather have them working with me than working against me. And so I've been a believer in that um, my whole life. It's made my life easier Mm -hmm. because um, I don't have to be there. Um, and the company still runs very effectively because we built a culture around a core set of values that we all believe. I think it's, I think it's so smart that you did that. And I think it's, it's really crazy that so long ago you did that because I think that that is something that right now is so important. I think that there, um, and not in like such a negative way, but there is a lot of ego in this industry, right? And I think that, you know, getting that in check a little bit, like I said, with salon owners, they they want it to be theirs. They want to put their name on the building. They want it to be about them and all of that stuff. And I think I will all say that definitely 20 years ago, that was way more common maybe um, than it is now. But what does that conversation look like? Do you have resistance when you're telling them like, hey, here's what I think you need to do? Or are they pretty much like, I'm desperate at this point? <laughs> to yeah. keep my company afloat just tell me the so, secret <laughs> so the conversation has shifted so prior to covid um we have an exit strategy that we teach so we actually build um, exit strategies for salon owners but i would say that for every 10 conversations we were executing one strategy prior okay. to covid mm-hmm. now for every 10 conversations we're uh, we're doing nine Exit okay. strategy. So in other words, I think what COVID did is it woke up a lot of the salon owners and made them realize how vulnerable they are. Mm-hmm. And now they're coming back to us and going, whoa, we should have taken your advice three years ago, mm-hmm. but now we're ready to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've, we've never been so inundated with uh, salon owners who are saying, look, it's time. I want to I get people involved. I don't. I want to take some of the stress and the pressure off of myself, and I want to try to set this salon up for long-term success. Yeah. Yeah. So the conversation. It's really exciting, though. Yeah. I I, mean, I think that's. I think it's for me. I'm like, this is the best case scenario for you know. I'm definitely an advocate for the students and and. And I love this idea. And I hope that in, you know, a couple of years we're talking about it and we're like, wow, there's, there's owners, there's equity. Like, I think that these conversations are normal in other industries. Yeah. Um, I think it's maybe just, I mean, not for you or I'm sure there's a lot of other people that have, have gotten this idea or listened to when you listen when you said to do that. Um, but I'm really excited about that. Do you have um, a plan set if people are like, okay, you know what? I'm a salon owner. I'm interested in this. I need to know how, how do you give away? You know what I mean? Or, how does that do you have that all set up in summit yeah 100 percent. so what we do is we start with a business valuation so we actually do evaluation of your business to tell you what we think it's what the way we think it's worth then what we do is we'll we'll sit with you and we'll talk about operationally you know what would this look like who are the people in your salon company that you feel have earned the right to be a part of this and then we build the math Mm-hmm. Because it has to be affordable to the service provider. Mm-hmm. And so we will build either, you know, a full exit, a partial exit. It could be over a five-year period of time. It could be over a 10-year period of time. But the whole idea is that it's a, it's a manageable process mm-hmm. for you and for them. And what really resonates well with salon owners is I try to explain to them, because you mentioned about ego. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all know that that's present in our industry. But I say, look, at the end of the day, what what's going to really make you feel well? Is it going to be you continuing to believe that you need to make all the decisions and ultimately leading to the demise of your business? Or is it you leaving a legacy? And so what the what the young people in your salon company possess that we no longer possess is the energy and the desire to do the work. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to believe I can work as hard as at my age today as I could in my 30s, but it's just not true. Mm-hmm. But I said, what you don't realize is what, what you possess is, is something very important that they're looking for, and that's wisdom. Because they haven't taken the journey yet. Mm-hmm. And so if you can combine your ability to guide them through the trials and tribulations with their energy and enthusiasm yeah. to do the work, then you can hit a home run. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, as a, as a 62 year old entrepreneur, um, I've never been, I've never had more demand on my time by young people. Um, and what they want is they don't want me to tell them how to do it or what to do. They just want to tell, they want me to tell, to help them with the why the wisdom, the inspiration. Yeah. What are the obstacles you're going to face? Mm-hmm. What are the disappointments you're probably going to encounter? How do you navigate through those obstacles, you know, in your life, whether it's in business or not, or outside of business. And, um, they love it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the other thing too, is I think we all have to get our heads around the fact that, you know, as a baby boomer, I grew up in a generation where I watched my parents struggle. They watched their parents struggle. We all had one desire, and that was to do better than our parents because we didn't want to struggle. Right. A lot yeah. of millennial kids, they know more about tech. So we were we were always believing, like our belief was, we're going to learn from our parents and then carry on. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, my kids are going to forget more about technology than I'm ever going to learn. Mm-hmm. So I, my belief today is that it's a, it's a mutual relationship. They're teaching me about things I don't know and understand, and I'm teaching them about things they've never experienced. Yes. And together, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're a baby boomer and you're hanging on to the notion that they should be learning from you and that there's nothing you can learn from them, you're not going to create an environment or a culture that's conducive. Yeah. Because they're going to go, you know what? Yeah. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I think there's, there's magic can happen in this environment. Yeah. But I think the old, you know, baby boomer salon owners, we have to get our mind around the fact that we have something to learn from these young, brilliant people. Mm-hmm. And, but understand we also have something to teach them. Yeah. And that's the, our wisdom and our experience. I think that's an amazing perspective. I think that um, your knowledge, what you've done in the industry is so valuable and so important. Like it's, we need it on and we need it in the beauty schools and we need it um, everywhere. So I'm so thankful. I know we could talk for another two hours. <laughs> I like, have so many more questions, but thank you so much for being here with us. And thank you for giving us our time. And My where pleasure. can we follow you? Uh, so you can follow me well through our website on summitsalon.com. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. I'm not, I'm not as active as one might because. So you're not uh, selfieing all the time on Instagram. That's what you're telling no, me. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to uh, dis- disappear, if you will. <laughs> I'm trying to create less demand for myself instead of more. So I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So where can we follow you on Instagram? What's your um, hand just, uh, Peter Mahoney. just P Mahoney. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, P. Mahoney. Well, thank you so much for being here. My, we my really pleasure. appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you all so much for watching today. And thank you to L'Oreal access and lead. We are so excited for this partnership and hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did share it with somebody that you think might like it too, make sure you follow us at beauty and style network on Instagram and make sure you follow me at beauty school, Bobby on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe, ring that bell so that you get notified when the episodes are coming out, leave a comment down below and we can't wait to see you next time. Bye guys.